see when you're with a hearing audience, you can talk while you're doing all of this, but I'm used to deaf, and so you don't talk when you know, you're doing all of this stuff. Anyway, for some of you that don't know me, I work with deaf people, and uh, what I am doing tonight is be signing and voicing at the same time, so I'm not Pentecostal, okay? <laughs> and if you agree with something that I say, then you can say this, okay? And that's not Pentecostal, that's deaf signs. For you're doing all right, okay? <laughs> all right. I, uh, <clears throat> if you want to open your Bible to, uh, to Luke chapter 19, another thing about death is that uh, if you are reading a verse from the Bible, I have to stop because eyes work together, and if you're looking down, there's not one eye looking at me and one at the Bible, right? You can't do that, can you? So I have to wait until you get it and read it. So I always have the verse up here. That's That comes out really nice. You really did a good job. Thank you. I can even read that. Okay. All right, in Luke chapter 19... These verses up on the board here for you. Very interesting event in the life of Jesus with his disciples. A lot of people pick on me. That's true. All right. They pick on me. Like I've got a thing on the back of here and they throw darts at me. They make fun of me. And, uh, you know, but I believe that God has humor. Thank you, thank you. That's another humorist. <laughs> we, we hit it off the first time we ever met. I mean, he, he just said to me, you're just like us, so you're welcome, you know, so it was alright. <laughs> but, uh, but God does have humor. And we often have a picture of God as this, you know, sitting up here with his staff, getting ready to bump us on the head. You look at me, not down there, all right? And uh, so that's not a picture of God all the time, all right? So I, I want us to kind of uh, lighten up a little tonight, and then I'll get very serious at the end, and you will see that as we progress on. All right, this is a time when Jesus said to two of his disciples, I want you to go over here in this next village and you go to this particular place and you're going to find a donkey there. I want you to loose that donkey and bring him to me. He did not explain what he was going to do with the donkey, and yet the two disciples went to the place. They found the donkey. They loosed him, and of course the owner said, Hey, what are you going to do with my donkey? And they said what Jesus told them to say. And they said, The Lord hath need of him. 
Now think about that. I travel. I travel, okay? Uh, many, many places. I travel all over America and I, uh, in the end of October I'll be in France. I'm here now and, you know, I meet a lot of people who feel God can't use me. Many, many people come to church, they sit, they listen to the Word of God, and they do nothing. Nothing. And I was thinking as I was reading through through Luke, and I came to that, and I thought, God needed to use a donkey. <laughs> and if Jesus can use a donkey, certainly he can use you and me. Huh? Huh? Use a donkey. He needed a donkey. Now we know the story, don't we? We know why he needed the donkey. But Jesus needed a donkey. How many of you have seen a donkey? How many of you have had a donkey? I'm old enough that... Never mind. Anyway. We've had a donkey. I've seen a donkey. Every place they have donkeys. It's not beautiful. It's nothing appealing to a donkey. And yet, Jesus needed to use one. Yeah. If Jesus needed to use a donkey, maybe he can use you and me. And I'm not saying, because I don't know you that well, I'm not saying you're stubborn or you know, mule-headed or any of that kind of stuff. No, I'm just saying that if Jesus needed a donkey and used it, you know, there's a possibility here, right? Yeah. I would say that most of us looked in a mirror today. Some of you, no. Uh, um, true? How many, how many of you looked in a mirror this morning? Aha! Uh-huh. I did too. And I, my hair was all messed up in church this morning. Ah, nobody told me. Ah. Anyway, what do you think about when you look in the mirror and you see yourself? Well, I can see that most of you don't think about that, do you? (laughs) What do you see when you look in the mirror at yourself? In Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, it says that we are to judge ourselves soberly. That means that we're to think right. As we look at ourselves, we are to say, okay, you're okay today 
this is okay, this is not okay. We're to do that. And that is not pride in saying that God has given me the ability to learn signs and to remember signs in so various different countries and things. God gave it to me. Because I'm not smart. Just ask the people that are sitting in my classes. They'll tell you that, you know. And there was a time in my life when I felt that God would never be able to use me. Your lifeline. How many of you were born a baby? (laughs) See, I just want you to come on. Get with me, all right? Every one of you were born a baby. Yeah, right. Maybe your mama thought that you were a big baby, but you were a baby, all right? So we start as a baby. We grow up to be adults. Then we get... I don't like that picture. (laughs) Not like that picture at all. Uh, but then after that, we uh, hmm, we rest in peace. <laughs> all right, that's the timeline, isn't it? Now, from the baby to the adult, we're learning. From that till the old age, we're using what we've learned, and then after that, you know what they say: you teach. He that can't do, teach. You know, that's the common expression. So that's that's the timeline. Now, God has a plan for each one of you. That's Ephesians 2.10, where it says that God has a plan of good works for you to walk in them. That's God's plan for you. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior... God has a plan, and it is not to come in church and sit and listen, and that's it. Because it says it's good, and that dirty word, work. A work, a word that preachers should never use. (gasps) Work? Yes. Isn't that nice? Don't you like to work? Yeah. No. Okay. But God has a plan for you. Now, that includes, oh boy, we've got uh, a thing there that's missing. But uh, look, experiences that you have prepares you for, and that word success should be up there. It's a different uh, program, okay, from what I use and from what he uses. I use the good program. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, the experiences that you have, God brings those into your life. Did you hear Pastor's sermon this morning? Okay. I'm one of those weird Americans that he's talking about. I never wore my label outside my coat, but everything else was true. All right? So this is your life. This is what God has put you on this earth to do. Now, Go back to the fact that Jesus needed the donkey. All right? And you notice I'm not signing anymore. I have, you're not deaf enough. (laughs) All right. Anyway, 
let, let's, I want you to focus on that donkey. All right? Because that is the focal point of this. I think that's why Jesus sent the disciples. Because he said, I want you to focus on that donkey. Now, notice the donkey had to be born at the right time. You think about it. What if he'd have been born in the year before? Or a year later? He wouldn't have been there, would he? Huh? Right? Yeah, okay. You can, you can talk, you know, it's okay. Uh, but um, he had to be born to the right family because Jesus told them the exact place to go get that donkey. What if that donkey had been born a block off? The disciples would have come and there's no donkey there. Go back. Jesus, there's no, there was no donkey. Oh, uh, what? Uh, Jesus is not going to do that. But not only that, look at this. The donkey had to be kept alive. You know donkeys do die. They get sick. They break their leg and they have to be, oh, okay, get shot. Okay? They have to, they die. So they had to keep that donkey alive. He had to be at the right place, at the right time, and the right day. Jesus over here said to these two disciples, go to this place, get this donkey, loose him, and bring him to me. You know what that's called? Oh, everything working together. That's what it's called. <laughs> no. You know what that's called? God's providence. Yeah. The providence of God is when He brings all of those loose ends together so that it all comes together to do what He wants to do. Now, Think about the donkey. When you look in the mirror, you say to yourself, I was born at the right time. You were not an accident to God. Your parents may have said, well, you were a surprise, <laughs> you know. But to God, you were not a surprise. He knew exactly the time that you were going to be born. All right? You were born to the right family. Yes, sir, you agree. I, I, I guess that's what that is. Okay. <laughs> You were born to the right family. When I give my testimony, I say to people, I was born to the Sloan family, Plant City, Florida. There was nothing extraordinary about my family. Not a thing. In fact, when I was 15, I went to visit my uncle, who was a pastor of a church 
up just north of where we lived, and I'm standing on the front porch. One step. There's two steps to get up onto the porch to go into the church. It's a little country church. I'm on the second step down. There's one step to the ground. My uncle is standing here. I'm here. This older lady came up. And my uncle said, I want you to introduce to you my nephew. And at that time, they call me Jimmy. And he said, this is Jimmy Sloan. And she looked me right in the face and said, are you with the Sloan family from Plant City, Florida? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, nothing good has ever come out of that family. Walked off. You know, the problem with that is she was right. And I thought in my mind when she said that, I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. I was born in the right family. Do you know why? Because I had an uncle that was deaf. Yeah. I've been around deaf people all of my life. I cannot remember learning the hand alphabet when I was growing up. We all used it with my deaf uncle, learning signs to speak to my deaf uncle. And so when on that July day in 1956, when I was watching that television show and that lady came on and said, I want to learn the sign language, God just said, that's what I want you to do. And I said, great. Yep. No problem. Well, there was a problem, but, uh, you know, because why? I had a deaf uncle. They're deaf, deaf people. They're, you know, so no different. When some of, if God pointed his finger at you and said, I want you to work with the deaf, you said, Yeek. or you meet a deaf person on the street and you say, what do you do? You know, deaf person comes in your business and you say, uh, anybody here? No signs? No? It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. I was born in the right family. Yeah. And you were too. And I was kept alive. Hmm. <laughs> I'm still alive. Oh, although a little bit, no. <laughs> How many times have you said, Ooh, I was almost killed. Huh? How many of you said that? Somebody just pull right out in front of you and you slam on your brakes and you get home and you, <laughs> I was almost killed. I almost died. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you may have almost died. I'm, I often wonder how many times that we almost died and never even knew it. But God was keeping you alive. Huh? Yeah. And right now, you are at the right place, the right time, and the right day. You know what that's called? Oh, yeah, it was that. 
Is that a sign of older age? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's called God's providence. Yes. Working in your life. Because God has a plan for you. And believe you me, if God can use a donkey, well, you fill it out. God can certainly use you. Now, there's a problem, isn't there? You know, uh, now I want you to focus again on the donkey. Okay, please think about this donkey. All right. <laughs> ah, there's a problem, isn't there? How many of you know that donkeys are known for certain things? <laughs> What about that, huh? You know what that is? Donkeys are stubborn. They're stubborn. I have seen, literally, in some of these other countries, the I was in hopes they are the owner, almost beat those silly donkeys to death because they're... And they won't move. They're stubborn. They're stubborn. And so are a lot of Christians, huh? Stubborn. I don't want to. And you fill in the blank. Hmm? Well, there's another problem that... There's a little phrase in the scripture that you'll just move right over that thing if you're reading it, you know, especially if you're reading through the Bible and you've got to do a hurry a little bit, you know, to, to get through it. And, and it says there's a donkey there that's tied up that never a man sat on him. Uh oh. That's a problem. You know what'll happen? You sit down on that donkey and you are going to go flying in the air with the greatest of ease. <clears throat> because that's what donkeys and horses do that have not been trained. They don't like you on their back. No training. And yet, they brought that animal to Jesus. And what happened? Jesus rode him into Jerusalem. No training, but with Jesus... He used that donkey. Mm, mm -hmm. He used the donkey. Now there's another problem in that donkeys are lazy. They'd rather sleep and eat, and that's it. You know, <laughs> just let them sleep and eat. They're fine. They can live their entire life by just sleeping and eating. And that's that's you know, what more do you need? 
Ja. You apply that, okay? <laughs> you apply that. Christians just, they just want the blessings of God. They want to have a church, but they don't want to get involved. They want to come, and if they need a pastor, they want him around, but otherwise he can take care of his family. You know, uh, we just kind of hang around. We're just there. Uh, if if somebody really pushes us, we might rearrange the chairs or put the songbooks out or, you know, or hand a leaf out. Well, leaflet, I like that rather than a track. I don't Okay, leaflet. Uh, we, you know, we can give out a couple of leaf, 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 leaflets, <laughs> and uh, you know that. Okay, I, I'm done. A natural skill. What is a donkey good at? And that's a bad English sentence, I know, but it gives what I want. What? Grazing. No, I mean, what kind of a job? Yes, sir. That's correct. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I have seen donkeys in other countries so stacked up high, and yet they're just moving along. I mean, they're not in a hurry, okay? You get that. But they're just moving along. And every once in a while, they get a swat on the backside, you know. They keep giving, then they just go, you know. And they, this guy has a bundle on both sides, and then the guy can't even walk. He's got to get on top of the donkey and ride, adding to his burden. He just naturally carries burdens. All right? Ah, you think about this donkey, all right? Now, here you are looking in the mirror again. So, here's the question. What can you do? What can you do? You say, well, I don't have any training. Donkey didn't have any training either, did they? But there was something that he could do. There's something he could do. All right, Remember, God uses little things. The rod that Moses had in his hand was just a piece of stick, we would call it today. He cut it off of a tree. It's a limb somewhere. But what did he do with that rod? He held it over the Red Sea. It parted so that two million people could cross over on dry ground. He used it to strike the rock and enough water came out to... to satisfy the thirst of over two million people with their animals. I'm sorry the flannel graph stories have this little stream coming up. Uh, that's it just not going to happen that that little stream will thirst to drive away the thirst of that. It was a big ocean, a river coming out of that rock so that they all were set with the rod with the rod. Little thing, not important, and yet God used it. That, and if you can't see that, that's the jawbone of a donkey. 
You remember there was a man in the Old Testament called Samson? Strongest man. I I can't dramatize him, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, I had to dramatize that in Peru one time with the giant and David. Could you imagine me as a giant? Anyway, uh, he took that jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand Philistines. Mm-hmm. And then he sat down and he said, Lord, I am so thirsty, I'm going to die. Now, he just defeated a thousand Philistines. And so God said, well, what do we, okay. He said, look at the jawbone over there that you just used to kill all of these people. And God was producing water out of that thing. What good is a jawbone of a donkey? I wouldn't put one in my living room. I guess some people would, you know, if they're a paleontologist. Paleontologist. They just think that, yeah, that, that's good. Okay, <laughs> I got approval of that. Anyway, uh, that's that's what happened. Okay, God uses little things, but then look here. You remember the little girl, in the Old Testament with Naaman. All she did was said to her mistress, "If Naaman was in my country, there's a man of God over there that could heal him of his leprosy." God used a little girl that had been captured over in her country, brought over into a foreign country. I love to tell this story to Awana kids. Amen. I really... Anyway, um, but uh, that's what it was. A little thing. A little girl with just that kind of a statement. And he was healed. Well, in the New Testament... There was no McDonald's, by the way, in the New Testament. Just this is just a good picture. Uh, you remember the little boy that had his lunch? Mm-hmm. Five little pieces of bread and two small fish. They really wanted to emphasize that two small fish. I like to tell this story too because by the time he gets to Jesus, that. Food is so mixed up that only Jesus knows the difference between the bread and the fish. But he took it and he fed at least 5,000 men. God uses small, not important things like a donkey. All right? So, he was stubborn, no training. And he only had natural skills. Jesus used him. That donkey carried God the Son throughout the streets of Jerusalem. Yeah. He was born for that reason at the right time, the right place, and everything fell into place. And he was able to use that donkey. So God can use you if. Now here's the serious part. Okay. God can use you if, first of all, you're saved. You've got to be saved. 
God doesn't want your works until he has you. And so there is a place and a time when you say to the Father, God, I'm a sinner. I deserve to die and go to hell forever. But I believe. And I trust Jesus that died on the cross. He shed his blood. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And he did all of that. Could I have forgiveness of sins? And I believe that. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If you've never done that, you can do that tonight. You can do that tonight. And you can make sure that you do that tonight because you never know what's going to happen from day to day to day. I have a track here. What if you had five minutes to live? That's so brief. What would you do if you knew in five minutes you were going to be dead? You would certainly want to know for sure that you're saved and that you're going to heaven. So I tell you again, God does not want to use you until first you're saved. Second, you got to surrender. That's Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The verse that you're memorizing in 1 Peter says that we offer up spiritual sacrifices. And that's one of them. I offer my body, my body, to live for you, to serve you. You are my master. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 where it says that he bought us. But he wants us to surrender voluntarily. Yes, Lord, here am I. Like Isaiah chapter 6, here am I, send me. You use me. That's surrender. And then third, it's serious. It's serious. Now the whole story that I've told tonight, there were some funny times. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's that's the Irish sign for funny. All right. The other one is ha, 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 ha from America. I like that one better. (laughs) Uh, But it's serious. What are you going to do with your life? You live with the purpose of all temporal things that are connected to the earth. And all of those things are going to be burned up. And you will have left nothing. Your purpose ought to be for eternity. Eternal things. Serious? Yes. You will think that it's very serious when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you have to explain to Jesus how you've used your life, your experiences, your skills, All that's happened in your life that God has used to mold you and bring you to the place where God can use you. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. 
where it says, Wherefore be not unwise, but be wise, understanding the will of God for your life, the plan that God has for you. Now, I will admit that the donkey did not have a choice. Okay? I mean, that's, you know, you understand that, don't you? So that's where the difference between you and the donkey. The donkey just obeyed. He just did what was expected of him. You and I have a choice. And I remember a dorm room at Tennessee Temple College saying to the Lord, What you see is what you get. Because I was not much. I'll tell you that. I was not much. There was not much in me that would say, Hey, you're going to be fortunate to have me. (laughs) No. I was about the same as the donkey. And my wife will tell you, I'm just about as stubborn as the donkey, so it fits. But there was not a lot. There was nobody in my in in the states when you graduate when you graduate, they always have a picture book, now, and people sign there and write things all in it like, "Oh, you're going to be successful." This, I went through it just several years ago and looked at it, and there was not one time that anybody said you're going to be successful. They just signed their name and the date. (laughs) Added nothing to it. (laughs) But God was working. And He was preparing. And He chose me and He used me. And I can say to you truthfully that if you are saved and you surrender, that God can use you. Not doing what I do probably is traveling all over the world and having vacations, people paying for it, you know. No, no, He prepared me for that. He's prepared you for another work. And it begins right here. In this church. And then it spreads out. Think about that. If God can use a donkey, He can use you. Let's pray. In just a moment, the pastor is going to come. But I want you to think about this. I, I think that most of you were probably saved tonight. You're finished with that. But what is your life counting for eternity? And you probably are saying, well, I'm... uh, No, no. If God can use a donkey, He can use you. Think about that. Father, I pray that You will use the message tonight to touch the hearts of people. Awaken them to the need of the work that needs to be done. And that God has prepared them to do something for Him. And the Holy Spirit has given them the skill and the ability to do it. 
All they need to do is surrender and say, yes, Lord, use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a few more minutes. Just think for a second.